part three, part three, part three, part three. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. I say this because with the nature of technology, you could be listening to this the night that I post it, or it could be 8 a.m., 15 years from now, while you're sitting there sipping some warm tea, right? And And regardless of which group you fit in, I'm saying thank you for lending your attention because attention is invaluable. Attention is our superpower as human beings. One day I will take the time to explain why I keep saying this. But until then, rock with me while I define these words. So these three words will be right in the middle of the topic of discussion for this here episode. Now, disparity, disparate, and inequality will be the three words. And I know there's some people who are looking like, okay, okay, what's that about? What's that about? And then there are some people who they've been beat over the head with these words and they're like, man, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Listen, let me define these words for you. Disparity, the state of being disparate. Yes, it's just a word that describes another word. Disparate, an adjective. Distinct in quality or character. Disparate is defined as distinct in quality or character. Inequality, first entry, is quality of being unequal or even. And a descriptor for that is in the dictionary is disparity. The second entry is an instance of being unequal. Okay. Now, the reason that I want to bring up these three words is because I really want to look at these under the fields of psychology and grand society. And really psychology and politics. Let's put it more concise and true. Psychology and politics use inequality and disparity very often to gain authority in certain situations in terms of telling you how and what to think. So let's really dissect this and let's unmask this. There has become a clear and tangible paranoia and obsession with eradicating inequality and disparity. And these things are a bit inevitable But there is still obsession surrounded with eradicating them. Now, is the paranoia and obsession that you gain from wanting to eradicate something that's inevitable worth the sometimes victory that you will get of countering what you assume to be injustice? In some situations, I believe so. But in more situations than not, I believe this is useless and a waste of time. And let me take it back. Let me take it back from my personal lens. Let me take it back from my personal lens. Let me go back about four or five years ago. And let me describe myself. Let me describe my my state of mind and my emotions. Taking it back. I had a time period where. I was most definitely, most definitely obsessed and consumed 
and my energy was just being devoured by the thirst and the drive to make a dent in what other people view and what other people feel when it comes to inequality and disparity. And to unmask that person, I'm unmasking myself in that time period and saying that that was insecure on my part. I'm unmasking myself and saying that I was a bit too concerned with what other people thought in those scenarios of those words, a bit too concerned, much too concerned because for one to be so obsessed with the thing that's going to be a natural occurrence. And again, I say it's going to be a natural occurrence because how is this defined? Disparate is defined as being distinct in quality or character. And so if I had such an issue with people being distinct in quality or character, maybe something was wrong with me at the end of the day to where I wanted people to be uniform to what I thought was ideal. And I've grown into this train of thought as of late that I have told myself that when you're put in a scenario, you're not the villain when you're doing and trying to force your will. If you if you think and you feel that what you're doing is right and is correct and is good. You're never going to feel like the villain for trying to force that into that scenario. And you take that how you want to take that. That's going to apply in different ways. Now, going back to this obsession, right? I understand that the quality of the quality of being unequal or even can be dissatisfying because people know that socially you're going to be judged and socially you're going to be rated, right? You're going to be categorized in people's minds. But if being categorized in people's minds makes you uneasy and uncomfortable, you're trying to avoid the fact that the sun rises every day. Because I'm telling you this right now, any person that has a brain that's working has a brain that categorizes stimuli. Now, the efficiency at which it does so varies for every person. And I don't know how to build a human being or how to build a brain. So I'm not telling you that this is the best way that something should compute or that a brain should operate, but this is the way that it operates in working minds is that people see things and they identify them and that's how they store it in their memory. And that's how they know that something exists because then they can identify it. If you can't identify something, you're going to easily forget it. You're going to easily forget it. And if you can't identify it, how are you going to acknowledge it again in the future? You have to be able to identify and categorize things so that you know what you're dealing with. And that's just a natural occurrence. And this makes people uneasy at times. 
And it made me uneasy in the past until I came to grips with what reality is. Now, to go into psychology, let's go into psychology and let's talk about how these words are very important in psychology. Psychologists and therapists and researchers in that field are often tasked with the goal of understanding why outcomes vary among different groups of people, right? And so to be real about what you're asking these people to do, you're asking them to understand the difference, the difference in groups. And so this is a complex issue, right? Because first of all, group one and group two are different, right? But I just said group. I didn't say individual. So group one is comprised of a multitude of individuals, which is already difficult to gain and collect accurate data on individuals and then to group them. And then now you're compounding that issue by giving them another group of individuals that you must collect accurate data on that makes sense. And now you're grouping that collective and you're discriminating between these two groups and trying to figure out why one outcome is different from the other. When generally I can tell you that even in those groups that are grouped as being the same. So say if we're talking about why, why do men commit suicide more than women or something of that nature? Each man is different from the other men. So from that standpoint, you're already giving me something that isn't a stable ground to work off of. The further you move away from an individual, the less accurate any information you discern is going to be. And I'm going to explain why I say that. Okay. Again, because if you're trying to understand disparity, you're trying to understand something that is defined as being distinct in quality or character. So you're basically trying to decode why someone is unique in whatever way that they're unique. And then when you add multiplication to something that is unique, you get chaos, which is how existence is. Existence naturally is chaotic and there's a lot of moving pieces. And I understand that these people in the science field are tasked with gaining more information about the world. So I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about that at all. But I am talking about the fact that for these groups, for them to talk so much about inequality, while simultaneously knowing that it's the natural state of existence, does not sit well with me. Because anyone who has spent enough time in that field knows that the greatest 
And the best solution is the one that's most tailor made to the individual. Not to the group, just because the group is similar to the individual. That doesn't mean that that's going to work. And don't get me wrong, because there are many people who make that clarification. They say that. They say this is a general thing. And that does not mean that it will work for all people, all individuals. And it's a bit of a conundrum because to be able to do the research and get the manpower and get the time and get the clout and the attention, you have to have results that are able to be generalized to a big body of people. People want to know, like, okay, how is this going to affect me and how is this relevant to me? When in reality, just because it is supposed to affect a large group of people, you're an individual. So that doesn't mean it has the same impact on you. But this is how researchers, many researchers gain. That's how they make their living. That's how they get their money is by convincing large groups that this solution that they have is the best solution for them. All right, I'm going to move forward for a second because I want to talk about politics too a little bit. I'll talk about politics. Now, actually, I'm going to give one more example about this, right? I'm going to give one more example about this. So if we're talking about in terms and we're looking at mental health, right? Let's get a little a little bit let's talk about less people. Use less individuals for this. Two friends, right? Two friends. They're being rated on happiness. Happiness has a standard definition, right? Each person experiences happiness in some way. It's a basic emotion. Okay, okay. However, happiness is also subjective. So in this situation, this is what happens. You're going to take two friends and you're going to rate them on a scale, a 15 point scale of happiness. Right now, these two people are being are being given a standard scale based on something that is totally subjective. Happiness. And I'm telling you right now. Each person's capacity for happiness is going to be different. So judging them based on a both on a 15 point scale is already flawed. But this is this is what happens. This is what you're tasked to do in psychology. This is what you're tasked to do. So one friend has the capacity to be a 15 out of 15 on that scale of happiness. The other friend has the capacity to hit a 13 on that scale of happiness. So right off the bat. This is broken. This is a broken study right off the bat because one person can't even reach that capacity of happiness, but they're being judged on the same standard. Judged on the same standard. Okay. Now, what works better is to try and understand that person whose capacity for happiness is a 13. Trying to understand the shifts and their own happiness throughout the course of their life. Because when you compare it up against someone else, this it's a broken scale. It's a broken standard. 
their capacity has always been different compared to that other person. And so when you want to get better results, you're going to have to compare that person with that capacity of a 15 to another person with the capacity of a 15. This is how you stay analogous. But if you want to reach the most people, you're going to start mixing in this information and you're going to start mixing in these groups that don't even have the same capacity for this standard that you're trying to set for them. And so then what does this create? This creates us to start saying that someone is substandard. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about categorizing people and being able to identify something. But once you identify that two things have a different capacity, you don't have to keep comparing them at that point. It's not doing true justice. I don't see how it's doing true justice. How can you help those people with their happiness when you're trying to compare something that isn't meant to be compared to another person? It's an individualized thing. Now, going into politics, because it's a very similar scenario. Politicians, fuck them. Yeah. And this is why I say that. Here we go. Because the wealth gap is such a topic of concern in terms of inequality and disparity. It's such a topic of concern. And it makes me very angry because you get these people on the television and you get these people in the mainstream who want to get up there and they know that they can fan the flames when they start talking about how the median pay for white individuals is higher than the median pay for black individuals. They will totally ignore that the in, there's other groups that live in America who are real. They're not fake fairy tale people. They exist in America who have higher incomes than white people. They don't talk about that disparity. They don't ever say, let's do some research into why this group is actually making more money than white people. They don't do that. They don't do that because that wouldn't make them as much money. I assume it wouldn't cause as much division. I assume it wouldn't cause as much conflict and negativity because negativity draws attention very heavily, very easily. The news is filled with it. Oh, going back to it, though. So for any politician. And I, I would I would definitely raise this question to any politician. If you want to get on my screen and you want to talk about helping black people. Which is what there is an institution in politics in modern America who makes probably half their money and half their votes on talking about how they're going to help black people. If you want to talk about helping black people economically, why the hell are you only consistently comparing them to a group who they've already been shown to be different to? Okay, so what are you doing? You're setting white people as the standard and then you're you're setting black people as the substandard. Right. And so at this point, I don't have to listen to you. You're a jackass. and I'm not going to listen to you. 
because you're not spending enough time for me talking about how there's a black person who's making more money than that white standard that you just brought up. And there is also a white person or a white family making less than that substandard of black people's income that you just shitted on and just said that look at how these people still aren't making enough money. But there's also white people and white families that are making less than them. So then what are you saying about those people too? Are you denying their existence at the end? Let's go back though, because I think a more solution oriented train of thought would be if you're going to emphasize poverty and black people, you must emphasize black wealth. You must emphasize how someone from the same neighborhood, someone from that their same area code at some point in time has broken out of that poverty. And also too, for my black people, you got to stop letting the news and politicians and celebrities, you got to stop letting them define what being poor is for you. We have our own culture. You Let me not even say we. Your culture may be different from mine, even though we're both black. You have your own culture. So set your own standards. Set your own standards. Don't let them create a standard for you and then define you as a substandard. Okay? Because you're going to live your life how you're going to live your life without them. And they cannot live your life for you. You know you the best. You know your avenues of life the best. And that situation is going to be fixed by you. And it's going to feel amazing when you do it. But going back to this, going back to the inequality, right? So are we to sit there and pretend as though because the group has a certain rating that there are not individuals who accelerate way past that rating and I need them to be platformed and I need them to be put on a plateau. I need them to be acknowledged. I need people to realize like these are not fairy tale people, right? These are not fairy tale people that leave those situations. And I would even argue that it's more likely for you to be able to leave your economic situation behind if you were to find those people and try to repeat what they're doing versus you trying to repeat what someone in a totally different culture from a totally different place of living has done to achieve success. Because again, capacity for capacity varies from person to person. It varies. And so if your capacity is different, then your standard is it should also be different. And that's why you have to do that work to define it for yourself. You're going to have to use that superpower that you have of attention to go define that for yourself. 
And so looking at it again for grand society, it's just very interesting to see the, how paranoia and obsession, paranoia and obsession have just run so rampant with trying to eradicate the inevitable. Distinction of character and quality are inevitable. And distinction of character and quality is not a disease. And I understand that if someone is sitting there and they have their finger on a button and that's what's preventing you from doing what you're trying to do, that's not okay. And it will never be okay. For you to naturally have a different result in your life because you do different things is just fine. And I want people to remember too that if the biggest, if you, if you take responsibility for what happens in your life, now the greatest thing in the world just happened to you because you don't have to rely on someone else to make changes. It's up to you to make changes. And so if there's something that's not satisfying you and you are the sole person that has the ability to change it, that thing is a non-issue because I know you can solve it because you are the person that is meant to solve it. And you know that too. It's just about when when are you going to wake up and do it? When are you going to wake up and go do that and go handle up on that? Don't be scared when the responsibility lies on you. Don't be scared when something is your fault. Because if it's somebody else's fault, are you truly going to rely on them to come up with that solution? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe you would if you trusted that person, but if you trusted that person, why did they fail you like that? And if you fail yourself, then trust yourself to redeem yourself. If you fail yourself, trust yourself to redeem yourself. That's going to that's gonna wrap it up for me. That's all I got for you. That's all I got for you for, for today. Disparity, inequality, the obsession with it. The paranoia that has come. And I just want to ask this question, though. Um, is there a fear of inequality because we have an insecurity and in our belief of our ability to create for ourselves? Is there a fear when we come to grips or when we come faced with inequality because we have a fear or an insecurity in our own ability to create a quality for ourselves. I think we I think we do at times at times but I think that there's going to be moments where we wake up and we look in the mirror or we wake up and we're faced with something in life that clearly isn't fair and clearly is unequal and we say I got the tools to fix this. This is easy. I see the problem and I have the solution. Be the solution. Fuck it. Do what you got to do.
Thank y'all. Thank you again.